Hello all, welcome to Great Hearts Table, I'm Randy Greenwald. Pull up a chair as we continue to navigate our way through a study of the life and ministry of John Stott. Not that we might be John Stott, but that we might grow in our love for the church and ministry through him. I've recently realized that I need to make a more concerted effort to turn listeners into patrons. It's gratifying to hear that for many of you, the content I bring is meaningful and encouraging. The investment in time and resources to bring that content to you is significant, and so I'm asking that you who benefit from Great Hearts Table support it as well. Uh, head over to the patreon.com Great Hearts Table page. A link is in the show notes if you need it. All support, even at the smallest amount, would be a big help and greatly appreciated. Either way, thanks for joining us around Great Hearts Table. Truth be told, I'm an inept evangelist. I struggle to adapt to other cultures, and I lack the ear to easily learn other languages. The fact that I once dreamed of a missionary career is therefore a tale of disaster averted. But it's also one of a vision lost and regained. Tim Chester, in his book, Stott on the Christian Life, which we've been slowly working through here at Great Hearts Table, outlines the broad influence that Stott had during his life and beyond on the task of worldwide evangelization. It's an influence that touched and touches me. The church Barb and I attended in college, one at the time deeply influenced by Stott, was drenched in missionary DNA. After graduation, Barb and I married, and I began to teach 7th grade English in schools near Cincinnati, Ohio. The missionary interest sparked in college was further fueled there as our Cincinnati church repeatedly brought in missionaries to speak. I read John Stott's book, Christian Mission in the Modern World, and then with our newborn daughter, we attended InterVarsity's massive Urbana Missionary Convention in 1979. There, every morning, we sat spellbound with 20,000 others listening to John Stott teach from the Book of Romans. Through all of this, and through connections made at Urbana, our hearts were lit on fire to be missionaries in Japan. In time, I quit teaching, headed to seminary, and began to prepare for our missionary career. Instead, I became a pastor, and not a very missionary one at that. Struggling to pastor a church and to raise a family, Concern for the needs of the whole world diminished. I tried to be a faithful and passionate Christian, but I'm not sure anyone's testimony of faith in Christ includes me in it. And over time, whatever passion for world mission I had once possessed struggled to remain alive. I grew cynical about an American missionary enterprise whose donors, demanding measurable returns on their, quote, investments, forced some missionaries even to oversell their labors. And yet God continued to weave a missionary vision in my life through missionaries, men and women whose hearts were not cynical, and whose lives were deeply invested in representing Christ to a lost and hurting world. These persons were the very personification of the Christ-centered vision nurtured in me by Stott and others, a vision which I had let grow dim. I've struggled to keep that flame alive. Occasionally, rereading Stott's Christian mission has served to lift my eyes to see the compelling role of the church in taking Christ to the nations, but mostly it stays alive because of the people God puts in my path. 
Stott and others have helped me see that the Christian mission begins with the church and in the end is rooted in the individual captured with love for Jesus. Rodney Stark, in assessing how it was that the early church grew from a few persons to become the dominant religion of the Roman Empire, summarized his observations this way. Christianity did not grow because of miracle working in the marketplaces, or because Constantine said it should, or even because the martyrs gave it such credibility. The primary means of its growth was through the united and motivated efforts of the growing numbers of Christian believers who invited their friends, relatives, and neighbors to share the good news. And this, the church's missionary work, was not something Stott merely taught. It was something he lived. Author and longtime New York Times columnist David Brooks traces a piece of his own spiritual journey to John Stott. Early in his career, Brooks developed at a distance a deep respect for Stott. In a 2004 article called, Who is John Stott? He reflected on Stott's winsome faith and intellectual rigor and his invisibility to an American intellectual culture that preferred to perpetuate an evangelical caricature. Brooks said in that article, To anybody who lives in the secular culture, one's first encounter with a joyful, intelligent Christian comes as something of a shock. It's unnerving to encounter a Christian you would, on balance, very much like to be. Later, Stott visited the United States and asked Brooks to join him for lunch. Brooks recalls of that meeting, I thought we were there to talk about him, but he was interested only in me. Stott, without pushing or demanding some kind of response, asked Brooks about his spiritual life and journey, and he listened with genuine interest. That was Stott doing missions, a Christian believer inviting others to share in this good news. The engine that will drive any passion for world mission will be a passion for Christ. It's that which needs to be kept lit. The church, Stott reminds us, is a missionary society fueled by a vision of the cross. And such a church and its pastor is missionary. He says, Christianity is not a safe, smug, cozy, selfish, escapist little religion. It's an explosive, centrifugal force which flings us into God's world to witness and to serve. Of this, I, for one, need frequent reminders. Greatheart's Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness called home.